We dug deep, so deep that we dug straight to hell. So come along and ride on our hell-tastic voyage. We watched Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. We watched it so you don't have to. So you know what that means. Greetings, Moon Goons! We welcome you to our first ever live episode of the Horrible Horror Podcast. We are coming from you. Do your thing. This is our first time we are ever coming to you live. There it is. He likes to do coming that. To you. That's, I've been wanting to say that for a long time. This is the first time I've ever actually had to do it. I've done it a few times, but we were never live. You had nope. to correct me. I'm like, we're coming to you live. And you've gone, no, no, we're no, not live. No, but no. it sounds better. Yeah. And I finally get to say it. We're coming to you Lie. All right, now you're starting to overdo I it. I know, I can't help it. All right, that's enough. Yeah. Anyway, we're coming from you live from Sullivan's Bar in Belleville, Illinois. It's a great little bar. Come down and check it out. Um, I am your host, Marshall Hampton. With me today, again, is our my co-host, best friend, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Hello, everybody. We did a little movie called Jason Goes to Hell. A little movie. The Final Friday. A little movie. Yeah, a this little This is movie. not a little movie. This <laughs> is a not... big-time budget movie. We've done some other shit that's awful. Yeah. This is actually the one movie we've done that's a big movie. Oh, that's why you say little, because it contradicts. It's uh, a joke. Okay, I get you. I get Don't, you. Trying Jesus. to be clever. Trying to All right, clever. Uh, before we jump into the movie, we have one thing to clear up. Um, if you haven't followed us for a while, you know we're in the middle of our horrible horror March movie madness. Our March movie madness. Uh, we just finished the final four, so we are about to announce the finals. Of our movie matchup. So, final four, round one, we had Blood Valley beating the Wicked. That was not a surprise. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. That Blood movie Valley moving on. is awful. And in the final four, round two, or second bracket, we have Alice in Murderland beating Christmas Slay. So, so the finals will be... So it's going to be Seize Revenge against Alice in Murderland. That is our final. That's our final. That's the final. All right. I'm in. I'm disappointed. Why? I can't believe Alice and Merlin got this far. I, I know everybody hates it, but I stand by it, and it's <laughs> yeah. In the fact it's so nonsensical, it's yeah. genius. It's it's an awful, awful film. All right. Anyway, moving on to the reason we're all here today. Jason goes to hell. This was released August 13th in 1993, the same year as the first Leprechaun movie. Ah, okay. So we have a little connection there. Uh, you can find it on Amazon Vudu. Aaron, you found it. Uh, I found it on Microsoft through the Xbox. All right. um, yeah, it's not on YouTube. Uh, it's a runtime, hour 27 minutes, so your average movie. Written by Jay Hughley, Adam Marcus, and Dean Laurie. Directed by Adam Marcus. Um, before you go into cast, which I might skip over some of the cast things that kind of expedite things today for the yeah. live show, uh, I do want to mention for any of you who's seen the cover of this movie, the Jason mask looks. More like the mask from Jason X. It's all metallic. It looks which, like stainless steel. Yeah. Or chrome. Or chrome. Like, yeah. It looks like a no stainless steel, like appliance in a kitchen or something like that. Right, right. It has no bearing on this movie whatsoever. None. The mask looks nothing like that. So I don't know why it's on the cover. Um, I will skip over the cast today. Uh, there's some good tidbits of information, but you guys can find it all on your own if you really want to. Um, uh, just go to IMDb. You can find all the cast information there. 
Um, so let's just, let's cannonball into the movie. That's what we're here for. All right. So we open with this woman driving to Crystal Lake, and she's pulling up to this really nice cabin-style house. It is not like your traditional Camp Crystal Lake cabin. It's like a lo- it is a nice actual house so she's driving up in a sweet convertible toyota yeah i think like a might Tricelle? be a little barren who knows it know. might be a little yeah, barren. i, I kind of like that i thought that was pretty good <laughs> uh but yeah so it doesn't look anything like the other camp crystal lake movies or, or houses there because it's all by itself on like a hillside um we have a quick jump scare of her out in the shed getting some light bulbs and so, but basically she settles into the cabin she decides to take a shower and right as she steps into the shower boom the lights go out. Something about this scene I kind of like, too, is that oh, yeah? she's stripping off her clothes, and she's got sweet, long 90s butt. So, well, and that's the thong she's wearing. It accentuates. It's like this long thong that like It, it looks really like her ass is about a foot long. It does. It really does. And like I don't that. know if that was just the way it looked, but I was watching <laughs> it with my wife, and I was like, that's 90s ass, big time. And she's just like, yeah, that's just the look. But, man, she's – and when she's taking off her clothes, she's throwing out her hair. She's oh, yeah. kind of sexing it up. Yeah, I she mean, is. She's, she's a pretty hot lady. And she's getting ready to take a shower. Boom! Lights go off. Oh, you know, let me mention that real quick. That lady um, is actually Julia Michaels, and um, she starred opposite Patrick Swayze as Denise in Roadhouse. She's Roadhouse? That's Roadhouse. That's Roadhouse, That's lady? Roadhouse, really. I didn't know that. And besides being an actress, she has 50 credits as a stunt woman, which what? makes sense after you see this movie. Because, keep going. Well, basically, she did Rush Hour 3. Well, no, no, no. Keep going with oh, okay. what you the want, scene. All right, you want that? All right, keep going, keep going with going. the scene. All right, so she starts scanning the cabin from, like, the second floor balcony in the darkness. She's, she's in a towel. She's wrapped she, in uh, towel. Yeah, Mind you, she's wearing nothing but a towel. That's true. And uh, she, t- she sees nothing, so she turns to go back to the shower. But that's when motherfucking Jason Voorhees comes up absolutely nowhere. And he's standing behind her. He swings at her with this machete. She dodges it, but she, her momentum takes her over the balcony. She falls to the first floor, crashing through a coffee table below. So, mind you, she's wearing nothing but a towel. But a towel. But a towel. <laughs> falls off the second story balcony, crashes through a table. Towel still stays on. Magically stays and that on. And just, that's just the start. Yeah, it is the start. But not missing a beat, she springs back up and she books it out of the house and into the woods. And when she's running through the woods like she does CrossFit. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, just straight up, like, Like, she's sprinting. a trail runner. She's sprinting through the woods, hopping over logs, towel, not missing a beat. Nope. Stays on her body the entire time. And so, of course, Jason's stalking after her. And this is weird. I don't know about you, but this is, like, the first time I remember Jason actually making noises in a movie. Like, he's grunting. He sounds like a caveman. Like, he sounds like the juggernaut when he's walking through the woods. Just boom, boom, Yeah, but boom. he's actually making, like, yeah. Vocal noises, which I don't remember any other Jason movie actually going. He's like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, sounds like a goddamn caveman. He's grunting, he's making noises, yeah. Which that just took me right out of the whole. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. just didn't seem right. So the girl is hauling ass through the forest, and again, we, she's in the towel. And I gotta give props to this girl because she's running full speed, barefoot through the woods. Nothing like, happening. That would hurt my feet. I'm sorry. Um, she comes to the clear, uh, just clearing the woods. She stops to look around. No sign of Jason. That is, until he pops up right behind her, which, of course, makes zero sense. None. Well, that's Jason. Yeah, I know. That's what he does. He raises the machete, about to strike her. She screams. She falls out of frame. 
and holy shit, uh, the clearing is suddenly lit up by a dozen like portable like lighting rigs. See, like maybe she's running away. Site. She stops. Jason's there, and then boom, 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 boom. Lights, lights like, everywhere. Lights start like coming Bush on. Stadium. Like, and she <laughs> does a ninja flip out of the way, and yeah. out of nowhere come like about. 20 or 30 GIs <laughs> all in, dressed in black. Go, 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 Yeah, go. like SWAT team guys. SWAT team guys, Kaiser coming, and they start opening fire. Yeah. I mean, just pelting Jason with bullets. Just boom, 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 yeah, boom. They guys are coming out of trees. Guys are doing flips out of here. I'm not surprised there's guys going, like, on rocket packs coming out. <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen a SWAT guy flying on a rocket so pack. They're, they're but, all, yeah, they're just... Copious amounts of assault rifles that and shotgun motherfucker up. They're being blasted, pumping them full of lead, and he is literally ble- being blown to pieces because a SWAT team, a it just tearing them apart. I mean, yeah. they, they, a mortar shell actually comes. This in. is you the best, guy, yeah. like, They're like shooting incoming. him, shooting him, and he's going ah, he's making noise. And which a I hated. mortar shell, and they go incoming, in. and I don't know what the incoming was. Was a grenade? Was the bazooka? It's a but it was shell. basically a mortar shell. It's a mortar ground comes up, boom. Jason's blown up. Yeah. Head flies off. <laughs> That's the beginning. And the whole time, there's this black cowboy watching from the shadows in this tree, and he just says to himself, I don't think so. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what is he doing? We're just hanging out in these woods. Like, how does he even know this is going on? Some some dude in the woods smoking black and mild, just hanging out. I don't, I don't think know, so. But, so we see the girl in the towel again, and we learn that she's an FBI, FBI agent. Uh, Marcus, and the, obviously this was all some big, elaborate FBI setup. And the camera shows Jason still beating heart, lying on the ground next to his blown-off head. The heart comes to a stop, beats one more time, fades to black. You o- roll the opening credits, and during the opening credits, if those of you who listen to this and are here, you might notice that uh, it was dumb, the, the special makeup effects were by KNBFX Group, which is Kurtzman, Nicotero, and Berger. Now, Nicotero is most famous nowadays for his work Walking on The Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. So, Walking Dead guy did the special effect makeup for this movie. Um, we go to the Federal Morgue in Youngstown, Ohio, is where we go to now. So, where is Crystal Lake located? Well, we're going to come up on that. Okay. But it's mostly the East Coast. That, mostly the East Coast. Well, it's that's like the general consensus. Okay. It's on the East Coast. Okay. Um, so the coroner's wheeling in Jason's body into exam room, autopsy room, after being stopped by the security guards at a checkpoint. And you'll notice that one of the guards is played by Kane Hodder, who plays Jason. Who plays in this Jason. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Who's played Jason in several Friday He's the most movies. famous Jason. Right. He's the most famous of all of them. Um, so the coroner begins his autopsy. He unpacks all of Jason's body parts from the body bag. Just like, here's an arm, here's a leg, here's his. Or so he's running through, suffered you know burns all over, gunshot wounds. He's doing yeah, his he medical says over one hundred yeah. bullet wounds. Um, he's got and he's got skunk hair. Like, he's got like the black with like this is one white stripe right down his head. Do you know who this guy? He's in uh, Rocky he, Five. His name's Richard Gant. He he plays uh, the Don King character in Rocky Five. Ah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I love that guy. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, we're gonna we're, do we have this loaded up? We have some video yeah, here for people, yeah. but. Out mind blowingly nonsensical what happens is that he decide he sees Jason's heart in like this rubbermaid Tupperware dish for some reason. And he stares at it and he looks like he's having like this deep intimate conversation with it, but he's just staring at he's it. He's staring at it like I'm on a diet and I don't want to eat that donut. You know, he's like Yeah, oh, it kind of I is. I don't know. I don't know. But, but then he goes for it and so here he, he goes. He eats the heart. Well, let's let's show it. Well, we'll it show it for the people in the audience, but for those listening, 
He eats the fucking heart. See, do we have the volume? Let's see. Okay, we're, so, yeah. He's there we going go. For it. Eating the heart. Ah. And it's like this black, viscous stuff just coming out of the heart. He's chomping all way on it. He just can't stop. He cannot stop. And <laughs> eventually, like, all this black, more black viscous, like, comes out of his mouth. Like, he spits it up. But and, that uh, was... <laughs> That was it. And, and he starts growling like a bear, too, in that. Like, he's making these weird, like, yeah, bear we had, noises. We had audio, everyone. We had audio, and apparently we're experiencing technical difficulties because we had audio, and right. that's gone. Um, well, we'll fix it later. So, yeah, so after he eats the heart, um, suddenly all this energy, like these energy light bulbs start flying out of Jason's corpse, like shooting around. Like, being I don't know absorbed what into his body. Yeah, and it, they fly into the coroner's body. It's, we're in the first 10 minutes of this movie, and I'm like, what is happening? What is going on? This is supposed to be Friday the 13th. But, so, so, this other medical examiner, he's bringing in pizza for some reason, which I don't know why they allow food in an autopsy room, because that's just kind of gross. And so he enters the room, and he just is basically immediately killed by the possessed corner. Um, he lifts him off the ground with one hand by the back of his neck, slams him face first onto the exam table, and then impales him through the head with, like, this long two-pronged probe. So I think I got the audio fixed. I right. kind of show you that scene. Oh, there we go. There we go. And sweeps, sweeps across the, the body. Chases bodies off the table. And boom, probe into the head. The best part is when he like, lifts the face off, it's, like, the graded... That, there we go. Where the face like coming through the grate. Pretty good. Pretty good. So basically the corner just walks away. And as he passes the stainless steel, like some kind of reflective surface, you see the reflection of Jason instead of what should be the corner. So this is your hint that Jason is now inhabiting the bodies of yes. the dead. Or exactly. inhabiting the bodies of the people he possesses. Exactly. So uh, it's not the people anymore. It's now Jason. Yeah, and J- this, I got to say, this pissed me off. So oh, much. Say, I'm so, a kid, 1993. I'm 14 years old. I am fucking ecstatic that I'm going to go see a Friday 13th movie in the theater. I'm sneaking in. I'm, I'm not 17. I don't care. My parents <laughs> helped me get in. I'm going to go see my first Friday 13th movie in theater. I'm going to see Jason wreck some shit. And what do I see? Multiple different... You have, exactly. What I, I don't did see we Jason. see Jason. What I, do we see in this I movie? I don't see That's Jason. the question. It just pisses me off So you so actually much. saw this in the theater? When it yeah. Came out? Uh, yeah. See, I, I didn't get a chance to do that. So we're going to skip ahead just a little bit to American Case Files, which is a fictional show that's basically a cross between America's Most Wanted and Dateline or 60 Minutes type thing. Kind of reminded me of like an Inside Edition. Yeah. Like an Inside Edition Except in the 90s. Except something you would see on like... Um, Investigation Discovery. Like, if anybody ID remembers like Inside that. Edition, that was pretty hot. It was kind of like that. So the host, Robert Campbell, is talking about Jason and the recent events at the federal morgue where three more people murdered and the coroner's gone missing. Now, according to the show, Jason was born in 1946 to parents Pamela and Elias Voorhees, and Jason is credited with 50, 83 I'm confirmed, sorry, confirmed murders. Or with scores more. That are suspected. Yeah. Um, 1946, and this is 93. Jason's an old man. He's Jason older than my dad. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. an old man in this. Um, so the segment 
the main segment of this show is the interview with bounty hunter Creighton Duke, who is the black cowboy we saw lurking in the woods. And Campbell says that they were allowed inside Duke's private bounty hunter training ground, so he- <laughs> which looks like a fucking prison. <laughs> So he's a the, the, one of the most famous bounty hunters ever. He's like Boba Fett, if, I, I, uh, like I, the modern day, I guess. I don't, I don't remember know. ever hearing about a famous bounty hunter. Except for Dog, the bounty hunter. Yeah, well, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess we kind of missed that. So maybe they were ahead of their time. Maybe, you know, yeah. this is so. This is like the Black Dog. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, the except cowboy. He, he's the, except he catches like badasses. He, he's he's he, known for catching he does, four he other catch, serial killers. He doesn't catch crackheads. He catches serial killers. Serial killers. Yeah. Like hardcore serial killers. Yeah. So this is our first introduction to Duke. And anytime Duke's on the screen, he's fucking gold. So let's <laughs> just listen to a little bit about what Duke has going on. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play the interview part so, where it's uh Oh God, what he says. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Where do you get that from? What do you think of David? Well, I think he's pretty cool. Yeah. What do you think of David? So he's basically setting up the movie. Yeah. How does he know this? How is he the only man in the world that has this information? And where does he get it from? So, <laughs> so the true va- Jason Voorhees is something you and I have never seen before. Exactly. So, so basically, this is the ninth movie. Yes, this, this is, is the ninth, ninth movie in the ninth. franchise. So we've had one, two, nine. Yeah, fucking nine. But we've never seen it this before. And he's always worn a goddamn hockey mask. Yep. He's always cruising around Crystal Lake, slicing motherfuckers well, up. Except when we took a trip to New York. Oh, that's true. That's true. He did. But, uh, he did so, take a voyage. But basically, now. <laughs> This guy, he's got the inside scoop. Yeah. No one else knows. I don't get, like, I don't understand Except how that Duke happens. the Bounty Hunter out of nowhere. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, so, after the interview, Campbell says um, that since the interview was recorded, there have been five more Jason-style killings on a straight path from Youngstown, Ohio to Crystal Lake. And uh, he also says that, uh, Campbell then says, he, I'm going to pay Duke's requested fee to stop and catch Jason, which Duke wants $500,000 to hunt down yeah. and catch Jason. Which is pretty bad. Um, so we cut to this waitress who's turning off a TV in the back of this diner and where she was watching the show American Case Files. Yeah. And this diner's having a two-for-one Jason is dead burger sale where they're making the burgers look like hockey masks, or at least trying to. Yeah. Um, this waitress we follow is Diana. Um, and we've also met this other waitress named Vicky, who, and this really fat, loud, obnoxious owner, Joey B, who is actually a woman in this, not, and besides them, there's Joey's husband, and who's like a midget compared to her. All right, so has anybody ever seen uh, Pink Flamingos? No. John Waters' movie, Pink Flamingos. She looks like Divine. Yeah. She looks like a female Divine, which is pretty hilarious. So if you, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, so, and there's also the cook, um, th- which is their son. And Duke is, happens to be at this diner, and he f- stops Diana and basically says he's going to kill Jason 
and that Jason's coming for her. I've also got that clip if you want to run that. As um, well. Yeah, we might run a little bit, but he, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's yeah, get let's, that set. While you get that set up, I will. Uh, so basically, he goes on to basically harass Diana and her boyfriend, the sheriff, who just happens to show up too uh, and walk in on the conversation. So here it is. Oh, you got. I know who you really are you what? He tells the sheriff to blow him. <laughs> the sheriff swings at Duke at this time, who catches his fist. Well, now, she is only your lady because he ain't had a taste of the dish. And then he harasses his girlfriend some more. I don't think you so everybody knows yeah. who Duke is. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we know who you are, Duke. You're the freak. I, I guess he's the dog of 1993 I, I, I or whatever. So, this is. and I do love this scene because Duke isn't doing shit. He's just trying to talk to her, trying to get her to, you know, be part of his mission. Yeah. The cop comes over. And yeah, Duke's being a dick. There's no doubt about it. Duke's a dick. Duke Why don't is you an blow ass the whole time, movie. There's nothing illegal about telling a cop to blow you. They might be pissed off, <laughs> but he tries to punch him, and then he arrests him yeah. for basically being a dick. Yeah. So free speech out the window, man. It's it's tough being a black bounty hunter. I could, <laughs> you know, it's it's tough. It's tough. So anyway, Duke is he's escorted out, but not before telling Diana one more time that Jason is coming for her and her daughter. So. Once Duke is gone, Deanna sits down next to this guy named Steven, who's kind of like a scrawny, nerdy guy in the movie, but but somewhere still wears like a Letterman's jacket, so he's a like nerdy jacket. Right, don't 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 sweep Steven away. Steven's the fucking hero. Yeah, he, oh, I'm Steven, not sweeping him away. I just don't understand what he's him supposed down. to be. Yes, he's scrawny. Yes, he wears a Letterman jacket like he's twelve. Yes, he has gold rim glasses, but he's our hero, Marshall. He's got giant glasses. Giant. But um, Jesus. so we turn out that Stephen is um, Diana's daughter's ex-boyfriend. So with that said, I want to briefly talk about Diana and her daughter because for those of you who have seen the movie and just watched the clips, to me, Diana looks like she's maybe in her thirties, early thirties, yeah. late thirties, early forties. Not that there old. There she is. I mean, if you can see her right here on the screen. This is her right right here. Where my yeah, that's her. Not she does not look, look that old. So when he says old. her daughter, I'm like, oh, and she's gonna have like a toddler or like a baby. But that Stevens the ex boyfriend's like, holy shit, what's happening? Right. So she seems to be, and her daughter turns out to be like in her twenties or thirties. So unless Diana is in her fifties, I'm gonna, she looks like she got pregnant when she was like ten. <laughs> like I, the age gap is. Awful in it's this movie. It makes so no sense. She's a grandmother. Yeah. Sometimes her daughter looks older than she is yeah. in this movie. So she tells Stephen to come to her house tonight at eleven. And we cut to Stephen driving. He's rocking out to some really bad generic like, pop music, which I kind of love in a way. Yeah, me too. And he stops to pick up three hitchhikers, two girls and a guy. Now he drives them to good old Camp Crystal Lake. Because uh, you can't have Friday the 13th movie without uh, the obligatory Camp Crystal Lake scene. So one of the girls like hitting on him and tries to get Steven to stay with her instead of going off. But he's like, no, he declines. He drives away. Right. So the campers, they go swimming. They all strip down by the fire. And the guy and the brunette girl, 
they head off into their the tent to have sex, leaving the other girl alone, who basically put on his flannel shirt to fend for herself. So yeah, she she basically says, "You guys have fun. Fuck your brains out in the tent. I'm gonna sleep under the stars." Yeah, yeah. So she sleeps in sleeping bags yeah, she, outside. Yeah, she's she's all about just you know roughing it, really yeah, roughing, roughing it. it. And she seems happy about this. Yeah, but she's smiling and giggling. If I if if, if you and your lady were gonna take a tent and I had to sleep under, I'd be kind of pissed. I don't blame Honestly, you. I'd be pissed yeah, too. Yeah, but you know, she's she's totally cool with this. Um, but for some reason, she just gets up and wanders away from the fire and just into the dark woods for no reason whatsoever. It's like uh, she doesn't. The reason she had to take a piss. No, that's the other girl who takes a piss. No, she takes a piss. They both take a piss. They both. All right, I that's missed... the thing because I was watching this and I was like, man, these girls must have raging UTIs. <laughs> you know, if if they just can't stop and you know, that's all they're doing is just taking. All right, a piss so okay, so there you go. She goes off to take a piss. She hears the sounds of twigs breaking, and right as she turns around to see what's causing noise, she's attacked by the possessed skunked head coroner. By Black Jason. Black Jason. Black now. Jason has now come out, and Black Jason is killing. And he basically kills her by slashing her several times with like a scalpel. It's the most delicate, dainty Jason kill I've yeah. ever seen in my yeah, life. It really He's is. holding a, like, a scalpel between his finger and his thumb and he's slicing delicately her to ribbons she's and mind you she's 10 feet away <laughs> from the tent 10 feet away yeah, she's not that and far she's away. not screaming she's not doing anything they don't hear a thing well, they're too busy getting it on. I understand they're getting it on. They're, they're going to Pound Town. They're too busy. Uh... <laughs> they're getting too. They're too busy on a trip to Pound Town. Yeah. Okay. So um, back in the tent, like I said, we just other two are going on. Get, but, but she stops. She's like, "Oh, I need to go leave the tent to well, go get a condom." She, yeah. She says, "Let's get a rubber." And he's like, "I don't like those things." But she leaves the tent to have to go get one. I'm like, "Why?" Well, because well, anyway. you know, she said he's got one, and she she's takes take a, piss a piss too. Yeah, which she does. Which. Doesn't fucking matter because they don't decide to use the condom anyway. They just toss it away and they start going to town. Um, yeah, they, it, had, they had zero care. Yeah, for zero kills for why you even get the condom in the first place. But uh, it's a pretty good sex scene if you uh, for those of you who are into that. Um, now outside, the coroner steps on the condom, which makes me wonder how in the hell did it get out there in the first place? Because they're in the tent, there. they don't toss it out there. They're in the tent. It never. To- it makes no sense how the t- condom got outside the tent. Regardless. So the girl's on top, and she is in full-on grinding mode when we see Black Jason pick up some sort of, like, metal pole or spike. It's some really weird-looking thing. I don't know what it was. I have no idea what it, it was. It wasn't it, a tent spike, that's I, for sure. Was it, a sh- was it, like, an army shovel? No, it wasn't an army was shovel. It almost a, like something you put a, a sign to. Sign? Yeah. I don't know what no it was. No fucking clue. But we got the kill queued up, so, so let's yeah, let her rip. I will let her rip. It's a great kill, but I'm going to – but as soon as the girl basically finishes coming, she, she is done. She gets, we have this, here we go. All right, good old uh, Deborah here. Wham, impaled through the chest. Blood sprays all over the uh, the poor sap underneath her, who's still probably inside of her at this point. <laughs> black Jesus, uh, black, I always said Black Jesus. <laughs> black Jason. <laughs> black Jason uh, rips the pole upwards and just splits her torso in half, in half and rips the tent open in the process. Uh, so it's 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 pretty it's pretty graphic. It's yeah. probably one of the best. Kills it's one of the best. Yeah. Uh, the camera cuts away while the guy screams, and we just see the corner walking away and trying not to trip over a sleeping bag in the process. So I'm, I'm just getting pervy here for a minute. All right, you want to get pervy? Could you just imagine how that feels? She's you know climaxing. He's on. T- she she's probably would have had tighten up really bad. Yeah, that would have been a tightening uh, thing. But yikes. Uh, 
So we have no idea what happens to the guy. But here's a quick note on the couple, Michael B. Silver and Michelle Clooney, not spelled or related to George. These are the actors and actresses. Yeah, the actresses, who play Luke and Deborah in the film. They were actually a couple in real life, uh, but broke up shortly before they were cast in this movie. So <laughs> it was really awkward for them having to do this sex scene because they like just broken up like right before they did this. There was something about that sex scene when I'm watching I was like, because I've seen this movie a couple times yeah. and prepared for this. He looks so proud. <laughs> he looks so proud to be getting laid. It's like, I, I'm always happy when I'm getting laid, but he looked like there was just a little something extra. Yeah. That gives me so much more insight into that. That's so, hilarious. <laughs> we go back to the diner, and it's closed now. Diana's taking out a metal buffet tray with a pet bull in it, some stray dog that's out behind the diner. And we see the cor- black corner, black Jason, watching um, from the shadows, just lurking around. She loads up the tray with ice from an outside ice box and then bumps into like this other deputy who just happens to show up there. Um, and... Diana, she heads back into the diner as the deputy's girlfriend, I guess, or mistress, who knows, pulls up. They go to get in their car. She's about to leave. Corner comes up, kills the woman by crushing her head in the car door. Yeah. It looks bad, though. It's not very very good deal. But kills her right off the bat, and the camera cuts away again. So we don't know what happens to the, the actual deputy at this time. And we cut to this house. And outside the house, there's a mailbox that says... Voorhees on it. All right, so this is the Voorhees house. Yeah. We've never seen the Voorhees. Never has there been any inkling of a Voorhees house. There's been, again, eight movies before. I was going to get on this later, but they do so much of a almost combined like Halloween into this movie. That I mean, the Michael Myers house and stuff with family that comes up later. It's like, what is fucking happening? And guess in this what? Movie? The Voorhees live in a pretty nice house. I mean, it's a little dilapidated. Might need a shave and a haircut, but it, I would buy that in an instant. Yeah, it's I'm actually nice in the market right now. Me and my wife are looking, and that is a prime piece of real estate. But here's uh, but for those of you who are real sticklers for details and want to find something odd, the the mailbox out front that says Voorhees on it is spelt with only one O. Well, in every other movie in this series, and even the credits of this movie, Jason Voorhees is spelled V-O-O-R-H-E-E-S. It has two O's, but they fucked it up and put one O on the mailbox. So they just completely get rid of all their past uh, lore and movies. Oh, I got another piece of beautiful continuity when we get to it, though. All right, so inside we see the coroner sharpening, like, the straight razor on, like, a leather strap. This is so retarded. It is a ridiculous scene. And the deputy is strapped to a dining room table. Naked. And what we just what, what happens can... next is just fucking bonkers. It's it's Jason, the, well, the possessed corner. He puts down the razor and applies shaving cream to the deputy's neck and his face. And he so, picks up the razor. I'm and gonna like, set it up a little bit better. The deputy's butt ass naked, lights cut down with leather, like held down with leather straps, and there's a roaring romantic fire in the background. <laughs> And then you had this large black man above him sharpening a razor. Like a strip of rawhide or something. <laughs> what is going on? He gives the deputy a shave. He put, yeah. He shaves him. He puts like, you know, he has the beaver tail brush. Yeah, he shaves the gets deputy. Gets him ready, takes off the mustache in three flawless strokes. And I then, mean, make it's it excellent, even, honestly. Make it even weirder, he starts, the corner starts opening his mouth and leaning down towards the deputy. like, he's going in for what would be a really wet, slobbery kiss. Yeah. And then it just fades to black. He's into some bondage shit, <laughs> That's man. all you see He's into some pretty what hard, is going on. some pretty hard bondage stuff. So, we fade in on Diana's house with 
her rushing to answer the phone, and it's her daughter Jessica calling to tell her that she's with her new boyfriend, uh, who turns out to be Robert Campbell, the host of American Case File. And daughter, like I said earlier, she looks as old, if not older, than the mother. Um, and she has her baby with her, who the baby in this scene has absolutely no hair. Wanna, it's bald as bald. Yeah, TV. I want to see if I can't find that really quick. Well, if, we, if you find there it, it we'll be, I'm going to keep All going. Right. So here is the baby. All right, well, Aaron's uh, loading that up. So look at the baby really quick. Yeah. The baby is bald. bald. The baby is an infant. Bald baby bald is maybe six months old, maybe more. I'm horrible at age with babies, I, but I don't have it's any babies, bald. so yeah. Um, so we cut back to the clean, the clean, freshly shaven deputy now, who's walking down the sidewalk, and he's looking possessed. He's looking. There's something yeah. off of this guy. And we find out that Stephen is the baby's father, while Diana's on the phone talking to her daughter. The deputy sneaks up behind Diana, grabs her. They struggle. Diana happens to glance in the mirror and sees Jason's reflection in place of the deputy's reflection. Yeah. And the deputy tries to kill Diana, but she manages to pull out a gun and shoot him in the head. Right in the head. She goes to leave, but gets grabbed by the deputy, who, of course, isn't dead from the sh- bullet to the head. He mounts her, forces her mouth open, and again, leans down close to her face, and I think we got that here, too. And this is where we're treated <laughs> to the motherfucking demon worm. Yeah. And I think we're... Let that sink in for you people listening. Demon worm in a Friday yeah. 13th movie. It's pretty bad. So I think I just missed the demon worm. But, yeah, you, you, you missed uh, it. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go back a little bit. I think we got it here. She just shot him. He's lying on the ground dead. Looking like everything's ready to go. Ready to take off. And he springs back to life. Bam, eyes open. Down it goes. <laughs> now, I did like the effect, a little bit of blood leaking out the side of his head. That was a, Yeah, uh, that was a good effect. Yeah. That dripped out of the bullet hole. There we go. Forces the mouth open. Say, ah, uh, and down comes. And first, it looks like a long black tongue. It's like Gene Simmons or something like that, uh, trying to give her a kiss. But that's all you see. That's the first shot of Demon Worm. And... God help us all with Demon Worm. Demon Worm, there he is in his full effect. Uh, so, Demon Worm is uh, hate, Jason. I fucking hate Demon Worm. So, we'll, we'll Demon we'll Worm mo- ruins this movie. So, a goddamn worm comes out of his, yeah, and it tries to spin in her mouth. Steven shows up just in time to tackle the deputy off Danny, which both of you here just saw that. And the two of them struggle with Steven being tossed around like a rag doll at the end. Um, the deputy grabs a knife, throws it into the back of, into Diana's back, she basically dies. So I got a question for you. All right. Head away. Shoot. You have got... Okay, so Black Jason. Black Jason. Black Jason that was earlier. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. He's a big guy. There's a scene earlier where he's actually next to Kane Hodder, the guy who actually Are you going to ask why Jason. he changed his body? Why the fuck would you change well, him to this skinny, is a good like, chubby, old, older guy? Like, you're a bigger, stronger Jason. I, and I, now I totally you switch bodies and... and and apparently he doesn't like mustaches. No. So he shaves off. Jason like, does not like facial hair. <laughs> why would you, Why would you make that leap? Uh, that is a good point. Uh, very good question. Uh, that will be answered later in the movie. I still don't think it's valid. It, it's a like bullshit it. reason, a bullshit but they do reason. address it, and we'll I, get to it later. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> so uh, basically, take, Stephen takes advantage of the split second, and he sees J- Jason in the reflection of the mirror, and he as he impales the body of the deputy with a fire poker through the chest. This, Deputy stumbles around and crashes out through the window. Stephen rushes back to Diana, who dies in his arms right as the sheriff comes in. So he's like, oh, shit. They're going to think I did it. Stephen tries to explain what happened, but, of course, no one's going to believe that story. Right. 
who would, and Stephen gets arrested for the murder, taken to police station. The next day, Jessica, the daughter, arrives at Diana's house to find Vicky, for some reason, scrubbing the blood out of the living room carpet, which I don't understand why Vicky would be in there in the first place, scrubbing, like, who, why is she just walking to Diana's yeah. house? Does she have a, and they hug, for some reason, so, um, so we see, now we see Vicky, uh, when we see Vicky has the baby, it cuts to a close-up of the baby, which we're about to show, and it's a completely different baby than yeah. we just saw. The like, baby six, has grown! Look at that! The baby it's has grown! It's got a grown. full head of hair! The baby has grown, like, months! The baby is so much older now! <laughs> I know! <laughs> so, <laughs> a baby to baby, that would be awesome. So this um, is literally... A day. It's been like a day. It's like a day later. Not even a day. It's like 12 hours. It's right. Like the next and the morning. baby has now gone from bald, like a to- like an infant, yeah. to uh, almost a toddler. Yeah. To, it's cr- yeah. Um, so <laughs> um, I do want to say, while we're talking about Vicky, I want to say I do like Vicky in this movie. I actually wish she was the main girl of this movie. I wish there was more of her. Vicky was the gal cleaning up the blood. Yeah. So, I, yeah. yeah. I, like, I liked Vicky. So we cut to the police station. Where Steven sees Jessica in passing as he's being led down, escorted to a holding cell. And Jessica passes the baby off to Vicky, who is basically going to babysit while I guess Jessica takes care of all the police questioning and all right. that stuff going on. So back in the holding cell, we learn that Creighton Duke is in the holding cell next to Steven. And Duke continues to be a giant asshole. I mean, he's just a dick in he's this a movie. He's a dick to everyone. He tells Steven basically that if he wants to know the trick to killing Jason, he has to pay a price, but I don't think you can. You want to pay? I, I don't think you want to pay. It's a high price, and what is that price? You may ask. Well, it is Duke breaking your fucking they, fingers. Duke doesn't need money. No. Duke doesn't need favors. No. Nope. Duke needs broken fingers. That's what Duke needs. Duke, Duke needs. <laughs> Duke is a sick fuck. He is. Duke is a sick fuck. And I, I don't understand why he's such a dick. Like, he, why does he just tell people this stuff? Like, but no. And, so, and it's like, why doesn't he ask for money? Yeah. <laughs> he seems like he needs $500,000 to hunt down Jason. But instead of, he's going to give away information for broken bones. Yeah. I mean, that, that is sadistic. <laughs> that's sick. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't he, that's the sign of a serial killer right there. Yeah, that's pretty, uh, it's pretty sad. So I guess it's like take, it takes one to know one. Like if you yeah, want to hunt a serial killer, you get guess, a serial yeah. It's like, hey, what, Hannibal Lecter in uh, 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 Science of the Lambs? Yeah. You want to get Buffalo Bill, let's get another serial killer. I don't know. Um, so Duke, tell, eventually he tells Steven that Jason needs to be reborn. Oh, I've actually I skipped ahead. Um, he says that the only way to kill Jason is to destroy his heart. And now that Diana is dead, there's only one person who can do it, her daughter, Jessica. And this is where I'm like, holy shit, this is where they're really starting to, like, merge Friday the 13th with, like, the Halloween series. Right, right. Like, why is all the family stuff being brought into this so now? So, apparently, all those movies you saw before, <laughs> one through eight, yeah. they've never killed Jason. I, I, I give you that. They never actually have killed him. Right. They've, they've stopped him. They've paused him. They've slowed him down. Put him in a hibernation, I guess. Sure, <laughs> but the only way to kill Jason is through another Voorhees. Yeah. So we find out that he has a sister. He's got a niece. Yeah, I mean, apparently. this is straight up like Halloween shit. Like Laurie Strode, Michael know. Myers. It is fucking bullshit. And I, if Jason where they're going knew with this. this stuff before, wouldn't he say, you know what? I should probably go kill my sister. Yeah, like they, they should have done this like long I time done ago. This a long time ago. Yeah, I gotta wait till she's no. But I, I can keep killing these stupid counselors over and over again. But I should be killing my family. Like, right, it makes no yeah, sense. And it's like I gotta wait for my thirty-eight-year-old. 
What's that? <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Yeah, he was like, he was like uh, mentally we, we ill. Have, we have, the, we have the, someone the from the crowd two. saying that he brought, who brought up a great point. He is retarded. Yeah, he was he was <laughs> retarded in the first in the in the first movie. Jason is mentally slow, so so. And do, if, if I'm offending anyone with retarded, <laughs> sorry, but you know, uh, dude, yeah, he's re, 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 retarded. He also tells <laughs> Stephen that Jason needs to be needs to be reborn. That these bodies he is possessing can't handle Jason's power. So he must be reborn using the body of a Voorhees, and only by the hands of a Voorhees can he die. So he has to transition. What the shit? <laughs> he, he has to retransition from a from so a giant I, okay. maniacal killer to. A, I'm sorry, I love Black Jason. Okay, Jason Voorhees, a black man, was awesome. He was he was probably my favorite one. The the bodies he's possessed. He's a big dude. He's a big strong guy. So he. Can, that he can't handle that, so he has to morph back into a moldy, decaying Jason corpse to 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 maintain. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you would think he that doesn't make sense. No, so, but basically the answer is he he the answer to your question is like he has to hop bodies. I think they cut on later, but basically because become, the body, the normal bodies can't handle the power that Jason possesses. The bodies will like deteriorate or fail him, so he has to keep hopping. Damn, is basically what they lead to. But the final bomb that Duke drops is saying that Jason had a sister. That sister being Diana, who was just killed. What? That is a hell of an age gap. Because Jason was born in 1946, according to this. Right. And she's, like, in her late 30s. Oh, no, no, no. She's got to be 50 or 60. Yeah, but... According according to... Yes, I mean, so. that is crazy. So now we have the Laurie Strode of the Friday the 13th series brought in here. Um, Steven managed to escape the holding cell by tricking one of the deputies um, by playing up the, oh, my broke fingers are broken, yeah. come help me. Uh, but for having two broken fingers, he sure is able to hold that gun fairly well in his left hand. Yeah. He has no problem holding things or using his left hand with, the, with two broken fingers. And he locks the deputy in the cell and he, he runs off. Where he goes... To the diner where Vicky brings the baby to work while she does her shift. And uh, they put the baby in a box, basically, in the back room. Like, here you go. Let's put him in a cardboard box. He'll be fine. Can I just show you a picture of the worst parents ever? <laughs> or the worst? I mean, this is probably... I just want to pull this up really quick. All right, you do that. You, I'm going to keep going. But Joey B pulls out a handgun from underneath the counter... And gets on the phone to call the police saying that Steven has escaped with a gun. So, like, he's on his way here. Um, so, here we're showing really quick. Just, I'm not a parent. But I know that if I had a child who could probably move around and do things, I would not put them in a Del Monte it's box. It's like a tomato box. On the edge of a counter. Yeah. Where they could probably fall out or climb around. Look at that. Fucking Del Monte. <laughs> so... Okay, see you later, baby. I'm leaving. Bye-bye. Take care, what son. the fuck? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Luckily, Steve's there. Yeah, Steven shows up. He's in the back dinner. Yeah, he's, he's there to, like, save the baby's life. Yeah. Uh, so he comes out and he talks to the baby. He's talking to the baby, but he's interrupted by the cook, uh, the son. Wade. Wade or Ward or something like Ward, that. Ward, Ward, And he basically just, the cook just ends up giving Steven his car and says, here, Take it and go. So Steve is a regular at the yeah, diner he, that he knows. It's him. a yeah. small town, so yeah. everybody knows about it. And now we We're cut to train we got a train going by in the background. <laughs> this is gonna be awesome. We are live. We are live. So enjoy that audio effect in your eardrums. Uh, 
So, uh, Steven is entering the old Voorhees house now, which, again, looks a lot like Halloween entering the Michael Myers house. And in the house... I'm going to wait for the train a little bit, because you... All right. Keep going. It's going to be a while, baby. All right. Steven, in the house, finds the motherfucking Necronomicon from the Evil Dead movies, which is just sitting on an antique washstand. So we have Steven entering the house. (laughs) He's looking around, just he's just he's checking out the Voorhees house. He wants yeah. to find what's going on. And he finds the Necronomicon. Okay. Yeah. For any horror fan, it's this is this is from Evil Dead. This yeah, is from it, the Evil Dead series. This is like the Bible for horror movies almost. It is like the it's, Book it's, of the Dead, yeah. bound by human flesh, but for some reason and it has no relevance whatsoever to Friday thirteenth, no. for some reason there it is. It's in the Voorhees house. There it is. He it's, even flips through the pages of the book, and it's like the same thing from Evil Dead. It's like, what is happening? Never has this ever crossed that over realms whatsoever. So we're crossing. We're to, crossing the streams. We, we are. We are seriously crossing we are. streams here. We are. Um, so he hears someone coming, so he hides in his closet, but the floor gives out beneath him, and he crashes through the wooden floorboards, but he narrowly catches himself from falling into the basement. I have a problem with this house, too. It. it the house it must be made of Swiss cheese. Yeah. <laughs> because people fall through the floor. Bo- I mean, I'm, I'm not giving you a big spoiler, but this house like, people is People fall insane. through the floor all the fucking time here. Or the floor is always breaking. It's, this ho- it, the house is nuts. It, it's bunk. Um, so in comes Robert Campbell, and he's on his portable phone. He's talking to the producer about how he's going to dress up the Voorhees house, and he wants to hide body parts in the fridge, etc., etc. So he tells the producer that he stole Diana's body... And hid it in the closet. Then went home and fucked her daughter. <laughs> so, so this guy stole his girlfriend's so, dead mother's body from a morgue. I would. I wish he would have shown how he pulls that trick off. So, how do you? What? I I love this guy. He's walking around. This is a, like classic, like late eighties, early nineties Wall Street douchebag. Yeah, he's, he's got yeah. the suspenders on. He's throwing his coat. Yeah, you guys. What? When we bring our cameras in, they're gonna find the dead mother or the dead, uh, the dead mother of my girlfriend. Yeah. And then I went home and fucked her daughter. daughter. Damn. So, damn. Ratings must be important. So suddenly, the possessed deputy bursts in behind Robert, and he pins him to the table. And he passes the demon worm onto or into Robert via mouth to mouth. It's pretty close. It's, ah, 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 yeah, they can really get in there. And we get one of the an epic death scene the, because the deputy then begins to melt into a puddle of goo as soon as the demon worm has been spit up into. So Robert Campbell. This is probably one mouth. of the best effects in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah we're gonna show this. It's a little lengthy for us, uh, but we're, it's it's well worth the uh, the view. And the actor is hamming it up. He is he is committing to this. Look at that. <laughs> Sorry for you guys listening at home with this, but you, it, this is a visual thing here. But you're gonna have to bear with us. Mind you, face sticks to the wall. <laughs> Jaw off. And then he does this weird like modern dance like. Interpretations. I don't know what he's doing here, but uh, like some kind of weird 
I don't know. I don't know what you call that dance move, but uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, but mind you, this guy was also shot in the head. Shot, shot in the head. through the head. Through the head. Stabbed through the heart, and he still has time to do interpretive dance. Yeah, pretty exactly. Good. So while the deputy is melt, oh, okay, we already talked about that. Um, he, when he bumps into the wall, which is he, is he knocks loose Diana's body, which falls on top of Stephen, slides down him, and falls away into the basement. And yet, somehow, Stephen manages to keep himself from falling when, like, a 150-pound woman, d- limp, dead by his fall on top of him. You think she weighs 150 pounds? I'm trying to, I don't know. She looks tall. <laughs> I'm trying to think average weight for maybe she's 5'7". She's thin, but I don't know. All right. All right. Um, so, anyway, Robert's, new, not, Robert's newly possessed body springs up from the table, walks out. We cut to Jessica getting ready to take a shower. Uh, she gets in the shower. She's crying a bit. More 90s long butt. Yeah, and we see a hand reach out and, like, cut the power to her place. And in the darkness, she makes her way to the garage where she grabs a hammer and, for some reason, gets into her car. And Yeah, so this, is, this is weird. So the power gets cut, and instead of, like, searching around inside the house for a flashlight or to find see if other light switches yeah. work or anything like that, she goes into the garage into the car, into the glove box to grab the flashlight. Is that what they get? That's what she's doing. Okay. That's what she's doing. She's right. going because into she gets the garage, out of the car again. Into the I thought car. She was like, if you can get in the car, she drive grabs away. a flashlight. Yeah. She grabs a flashlight and gets out. All right. That's she goes like I. I don't keep my flashlight in my car. Neither do I. Uh, I keep one. I mean, in, some people keep like a little little one in their armor. Yeah, yeah. That's I, smart, okay, but yeah. fair enough. But at the same time, if the power goes out. I go to my kitchen and my shitty utility. Everyone's got that fucking drawer in the kitchen. Oh yeah. Where there's just batteries and pot holders and bullshit. And it's, duct it's, it's tape the junk drawer. Nails. Yeah, drawer. yeah. And my flashlight's right there. So. In the brake light, she bumps the brake, and we see in the brake lights behind the car, Robert standing behind her. And Jessica gets out of the car. She gets grabbed by Robert, who is also growling like a bear. And Steven shows up, of course, just in the nick of time, like he always does. Uh, Knocks Robert off Jessica, grabs Jessica, runs out of the house, forces her into the car, basically kidnaps her. I do kind of like this scene. I, um, I do think it's pretty awesome. I do kind of want to watch it. Okay, I don't think so, we, can, we can't show the entire movie. <laughs> I know, I know, but at the same time, this is a pretty awesome scene. Um, so, yeah, of course she's not wanting to go with him. She she's putting up a fight. So, she's like, yeah, "What's sorry, going on?" I missed it there. So yeah, she's he's trying to tongue her, doing the whole thing. He fights him off. One punch, mind you. One punch. One punch has now taken Jason away. Throws her over his shoulder. Just runs off with her. It's. You get to see a little bit more butt. There it is. Throws her in the car, and they're getting ready to take off. And he then, pissed. bam, Robert punches through the window, tries to grab Steven. He backs away, and then he's going to run him over with his car. Which, for those of you watching, you can see this. So, so have you noticed that... Uh, Steven has lost his glasses. He does. He loses glasses he like halfway through the glasses. movie, and he, he's completely fine. He's yeah. like, why is he wearing them in the first place? And then for a good measure, he backs up over Robert's body and just drives away. Look at the size of that car. That is an 80s It's the type of car you would, you would have driven in high school. That was, I had a Buick Riviera. Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah. that style. It's like a big old box car. So, yeah, that has crushed his body, ran over his pelvis. He's got to be shattered. Yeah. Shattered. Exactly. Just yeah. broken. Nope. He's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Jessica is yelling at him to pull over She's demanding answers So Steven does 
and he tries to explain to her what happened. She hesitates. She's really hesitant to like believe him, and he starts thinking he, he's gotten through to her. But then she decides to suddenly punch him in the balls, <laughs> shove him out of the car, drive over, to, slide over to the driver's seat, and drive away. <laughs> I love it. I love it because I'm really proud of her. So often women are portrayed in horror movies as being like the damsel in distress. And she does such an amazing job being like, okay, yeah. And he's like, all right, wham, dick punch, <laughs> smashes his head into the steering wheel, pushes him out like a little bitch, and yeah. she takes off. Yeah. I loved it. I loved so, it. So, we, it, me and actually Jessica burst into the sheriff's police off, uh, sheriff's office. Followed by two other deputies. Okay, this is a small town sheriff small police town. station. This place is gigantic. It is. It's, it's for- there's it's so big. It is. This police station is huge. Um, she's ranting and raving, trying to tell them about Stephen. Um, the sheriff does. He sends out a deputy to go pick up Stephen along the road, and um, it's the same one that he tricked. Uh, early they're like buddies. The, they're buddies. Yeah, they can't, yeah, like I said, they're friends outside they're, of this. It's a small town, but apparently they have the biggest station in all yeah. all three counties, I guess. So, so yeah. Um, he easily picks up Steve, and they find him. They get into a small fight over, like, hey, you locked me in the cell and punch you. and they. But eventually... They kind uh, of fight like girls, too. They're kind of... Yeah. Like, Steven yeah. ends up... I shouldn't say that because, I mean... I'm, never he mind, he but, ends up giving up. He said, Once the deputy tells him that Jessica's at the station, he's like, all right, take me there. Take, yeah. Handcuff me, let's go. So... Something smells really good here. Somebody's eating something. It smells good. Someone's got some pizza. Um, so back at the station, Robert enters, and with one hand, he tosses a deputy over the front counter, grabs Jessica at the same time. He kills a female deputy by pushing her head so hard, she slams against a locker, like, blood just explodes. Just from a push. Yeah. Not like a slam or beat, just one push, the head explodes up against the metal locker. Uh, the sheriff, who's on the phone, finally sees what's happening. Right as Robert is trying to spit the demon worm into Jessica's mouth, he rushes out of his office, charges at Robert, who just hits the sheriff like an open palm it's strike. It's like a palm strike. Yeah. It's that thing you told kids when you're like, and you're in fourth grade, it's like, do you hear you can kill a man by hitting him in the nose yeah, like that? Knock your nose into yeah, their brain. You, you, you tell kids. Yeah. I remember hearing that as a kid, yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, you drive their nose in their brain, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he does that, sends a sheriff flopping to the floor. Jessica manages to get away, runs into Steven and the other deputy in the hallway. And like a fucking ninja, Steven, like, his hands are cuffed on his back. He leaps oh. over his, like, cuffed hands, brings him to the front. <laughs> Elbows the deputy in the face. Why does he elbow him in the I face? Know. And then steals his gun, like the swiftest ninja like move ever. And this guy's supposed to be like the he's, scrawny kid from a small town, but he's suddenly like Bruce fucking Lee. He's got his hands cuffed behind his back, leaps up, pulls him up, grabs a gun, elbows a cop, and boom, 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 this boom. This is like boom. A, something you see in like a Jason Statham yeah, movie. This, this, is, this is like Jet Lee kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. So he unloads the clip into Robert. The final round shoots Robert dead center in the forehead. And he had brown stuff fly all over the the wall, which made me go, does he have shit for brains? Yeah. I don't know. Everybody who gets possessed, they no longer have red blood. They They have, have like, brown blood. Like, black blood. It's horrible. And um, he grabs uh, Jessica, and they, they run off as three more deputies arrive on the scene. One looks like all of them have like blonde mullets. One is straddling like he has his gun up. But he looks like he's straddling a, a horse. Like he's never he's holding his gun out like this. So it, it, it's the weirdest looking 
Like nobody would train you to hold a gun like that in, maybe the, in the police academy. Maybe he has a cult. <laughs> yeah, maybe he has a cult revolver. Uh, uh, so uh, Jessica and Steven, uh, I yeah, yeah, run. They uh, oh wait, okay. so basically the the two, these two deputies go and check on Robert, who has now come back to life, and gives the two deputies basically. For you wrestling fans out there, a meeting of the minds. Or a noggin knocker from hell. Yeah. Taking two people's heads and he smashing them together, yeah. which causes their faces to break. Yeah. And it's not just their face, the skulls to break, but suddenly they have like claw marks across their like face, their too. Like their cheekbones shatter. Yeah. Like explode. It's ludicrously, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, right to- the it, it's over the top. So. Jessica and Steven run into the diner to get the baby, but Joey B pulls out her gun on them and tells her husband to call the cops. Of course, the phone is dead at this time, because, of course. And Joey B sends her son, the cook, outside with a gun to look around. At this time, Jessica and Joey start struggling for the gun, which leads to a comical camera angle of a bullet Shooting the fuse box, <laughs> killing the power tire. It's something you've seen in like a lethal weapon, not like a naked gun movie. It was like a first person view of the bullet. Yeah. The bullet gets shot and it just yeah, right into like, the electrical box. Boo. Yeah, it, it's, it looks so out of place in this movie. And Jessica then hits Joy B in the face with a napkin dispenser, <laughs> knocking her out. Robert, outside Robert, breaks the cook's arm at the Here, wrist. And Do we have, can we show that? Because it's so ridiculous, I want to show all these kills. Because from here on out, it's like a hodgepodge of, of insanity kills. Yeah, yeah. it's just ludicrous. It's, it's fantastic. So, so Robert's, so just to set it up before we show it, Robert's coming out of the police station, and is it Wade? Or Wait, Ward or Wade? Ward, something Ward, like that, who cares? Ward, the chef. It chef's, doesn't fucking matter. The chef's. Uh, son, who has a gun, I mean, he's acting like he has a gun for the first time. He's like, ah. yeah. for t- having fun with the gun. He sees Ward walking towards him, and he says to stop. And he's pointing the gun for no reason. Again, just kid- show the damn clip. All right, Jesus. Stop, I mean. Good God. And snap, there goes the wrist. And then tosses him into the door, and I guess he's dead. And that's I- just death galore. All right, we're getting. Wait, I guess, we, don't, we don't. We don't have to explain it. It's all right people, here. There are people <laughs> listening who can't see this, so yes, it needs to be explained. Um, outside, uh, Robert then flings the door open, which knocks a screaming waitress to the floor. He grabs a random customer and smashes him through like the the counter hatch or whatever. The lights are out, and before this, there's like thirty people in the restaurant, and then when they cut, the lights are off. Like there's only like four. There's it like seems, one. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's one guy. Yeah. Um, so Vicky, Vicky suddenly shows up with a shotgun, which, again, I love Vicky. Oh. She just blasts several rounds into Robert. And the first round, she also happens to kill the random customer who gets sh- shot in the lo- who in the crossfire. And that's something they didn't sh- we didn't happen to have that on the clip. I wish we did because no. it's so funny. She starts shooting war or Robert. Yeah. And Robert's taking the shots, and there's a, just some poor asshole in the background. Yeah, just came in for the two-for-one Jason Burger just deal. just takes a big shot in the face, and he's gone. Yeah. That poor dick. Like, he didn't do anything. Nope. He didn't try to stop Jason. It's the same guy who got smashed through the uh, the counter, 
it's the same guy, but then all of a sudden he's up and behind Robert and gets shot. So he gets shot by a shotgun. Yeah. And smashed through, through a, counter. a counter. He had a bad day. That guy is... <laughs> poor bastard. He had a bad, Jesus. bad day. So, um, Vicky then basically... Uh, all this... And then after he... This is all done slow motion now. Jessica and Steven are running to the back of the diner. Vicky turns around and well in like really weird slow down film footage. Um, and in the back, Jessica finds the baby is gone. The, the, the Monty box is empty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a note left in the box, uh, the box crib, that reads, I have what you want. Come to the Voorhees house. Signed, Duke. Keep that in mind. I'm going to say that again. It reads, I have what you want. Come to the Voorhees house. Signed, Duke. So back in we the... We have f- a makeshift Jason in the house, All right. too. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the front of the diner, Joey starts... Shoot- she shoots Robert some more, and then he just tosses her gun to her husband, who she calls Pookie. He's like... Um, sure, it's Pookie. So here, Pookie. Uh, we see a close-up of Pookie saying, Oh, shit! Yeah. And... We, we should just yeah. he's clearly not wearing glasses of any kind. But then when it sh- the shot turns to the, the the cameras behind him and he's shooting Robert, you can clearly see he's wearing like thick safety gl- goggles on his face. No. Yeah, I, you probably won't be. You have to watch the actual movie, not this scene. Not, see. But it's there. Um, oh, I couldn't see it. I tried. Yeah, I tried. You, you have to watch the actual movie. Um, so <laughs> Robert just grabs Pookie by the head, dunks him headfirst into the fryer. Yeah. Joey rushes up, tries to get Robert off of him, but then basically gets her. Chin or lower jaw, like elbowed. Let's see it again. Into her face, which looks absolutely ridiculous. It looks comical. There it is. <laughs> Look at that. That is so ridiculous. And she's hamming it up too. She's like her head's all wow. She, I, actually, I think Joey's probably one of my favorite characters in this movie. Really? I thought I couldn't stand her. Well, that's one that she's she's supposed to be the person you hate. Like, you can't stand. She's she's fat. She's obnoxious. She wears too much makeup. She's bossy. But she nails it. She The, the actress nails it. Um, and then Robert tosses a crispy-faced pokey. He just tosses him aside. Um, in the back, Jessica is grabbed by Robert now, who smashes through a window from somewhere. Vicky shows up again and shoots Robert in the leg with the shotgun. But how this happens, again, makes no sense because he smashes through a window, which means there's half a wall there. But she, he's clearly she, the leg getting shot, which means he's now on the other side of the wall. Like, it, there's no, it makes no sense how this is set up. But Robert then turns his attention to Vicky, who blasts him in the face with this, like, straight off, like, takes yeah. like, half his face off. Then um, picks up a long metal pole, which... It was like a piece of rebar. Yeah, which, again, why this would be in the back of a diner, I have no clue. Um, and she runs him through like it's a fucking Spartan spear. Like, she's in 300. It's like, this is Sparta, bitch, and just <laughs> kills, like, runs through. Um, <laughs> this is Sparta, bitch. <laughs> All right. So, Robert then just grabs her and pulls her onto the pole that's sticking out of impaling her through the chest. She's like, go to hell, and then grabs the sides of her head. Please tell me we have this I one. Do. Look. Yeah. Squeezes it so tight it is. that the brains pop out through her skull. There we go. Give a little squeeze here. Get that fresh juice out of there. Pop. <laughs> pop goes the weasel. And 
When we see the body again, though, there's no damage to her head whatsoever. No, the next time she you see still the body. looks beautiful. She's gorgeous. <laughs> uh, so Robert also happens to fall down dead as well. Yeah, Rob. Okay, so Robert, he's been shot multiple times. Yeah. shot in the leg, ran through with a piece of rebarb. Yeah, and he's a he. All that's left is Stephen and Jessica. Jessica and that's all that's left. All he has to do is take a few more steps, and he, Jason, fulfills his mission yep. of killing him. But he, uh, he, he, yeah, he. Apparently, that. that's just too much damage. He can't handle anymore. He's down. Well, it's also not. He's not in his normal body, so who knows? Well, so anyway. Stephen says he's going to go get help, but Jessica runs off by herself, hops in the car, drives off, leaving Stephen at the diner. Stephen now finds the note on the floor, which is now magically changed. From what I said earlier, I have what you want, come to the Voorhees house. And the note now says, I have your baby, come to the Voorhees house alone. <laughs> they changed the fucking note. I never noticed that. You did? Oh, I it's did hilarious. Notice that. Like, I did why? Notice that. <laughs> so how, I don't know how this happens. Like, I don't know how that's not caught by like, the prop master, the script supervisor, or even the goddamn director. They, how that air gets through. I love how when Steven <laughs> picks it up and looks at it, Duke Duke's nar- re- yeah, Duke's narrating Duke it. Duke narrates it. I have your baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come to the Voorhees house. Hello. <laughs> so in a dramatic, like dramatic gopher YouTube clip, Steve like turns his head and he spots a machete hanging on the wall. Cause of course, of course, a diner has a machete. I, I'm sure. On the wall. I'm sure if we go in the back of Sullivan's bar here, they have a machete hanging on the wall, prominently displayed, right there, right there. Chris, this pristine, clean machete on the wall. It's it's what places do. Yep, it's what you do. Yeah. Um, so we jump back to the Voorhees house. Uh, Jessica pulls up. She enters the house where Duke is waiting for her, holding her baby who. It's probably aged in like two years by now, so who knows? <laughs> it's, probably, um, it's probably in the third grade. It's probably yeah, third grade. <laughs> it's, got, it's got Jack syndrome, you know. Like, some, it's got some mullets growing. Or, like, uh, like, like, yeah, from sideburns, Robin, Robin not Williams mullet, from Jack, whatever that uh, disease is. Yeah, it's just growing <laughs> exponentially fast. Um, he's, so he's holding the baby in one arm, and he's got this large dagger in the other hand. He does give her back the baby, and he tells her it's not about the money anymore. So now Duke's had a change of heart for some Reason that makes no sense really whatsoever. Like, yeah, so why? Because nothing does, happens to him to make him change his mind. He doesn't need money anymore. Apparently, he doesn't need fingers. No, anymore. he does not break Vicky's fingers. Now he's just he's just being a good Samaritan. Yeah, which I don't get. It comes quite, out of nowhere. Doesn't quite stick to Duke. No. Um, so he te- Duke tells her that he needs her to kill Jason. Tosses the dagger her way. Oh shit! Now I gotta remember, she's up. holding a fucking baby. But she reaches out in a spinning motion and grabs the dagger out of midair. And the dagger magically transforms into this elaborate, evil-looking short sword. I mean, it's a dagger, but it's huge. And it's got this elaborate, like, grip and hilt. Now, like the, uh, the dagger in Evil Dead? Yeah, somebody said it's like the dagger right, in Evil Dead. Uh, it, 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 it's, again, similar. But we're going to show it. She's holding a baby, and a guy throws a dagger at her. And instead of trying to protect the baby, she reaches for the dagger. It's like, uh, you're, you're a little far away, but I'm. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, I, I missed it. I missed it. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So, back at the diner. Oh, okay. Do we have it? Yeah, we do. We, we have do. it here? Okay. He's got, yeah, he gives her the baby. 
you know, give me two minutes. It's not about the money. It's not about the money anymore. No, not no. about the money. And I don't he need to break your care. fingers. Here's your kid. Takes the baby. And actually, I think the baby's not quite a toddler, not quite an infant. I well, think I guess a toddler some... would be wa- at walking. I don't know. I don't have kids, but I, I, it's not walking yet. But that uh, baby's uh, definitely crawling. Yeah. That baby's crawling somewhere. You don't need me for that. Okay, we don't need me for that. Here okay, here he picks up the dagger, tosses it. She catches it with the baby in her hand. And it turns into... A, a, a sword. So it turns into a small sword. It's like fucking Sting from Lord of the Rings or something. Like it's a sword. He had this is the same dagger. Yeah. Duke was holding when he was talking about a little girl in a pink dress. Fingering a donut put, with a hot dog. Yeah, a hot I don't dog get that. A donut. It's the same dagger. It is the same dagger. It's the same dagger. It's about <laughs> I don't know six seven inches. Yeah. Toss it's not it even to a dagger her. at that point. It's just a knife. She catches it. And it turns into a small sword. I it's mean, an it's, instrument it's, gotta be, it's over a foot long. Yeah. So, anyway, we go back to the diner where we see, like, this POV shot of someone walking through, excuse me, the uh, bloody massacre. And we, they're wearing cop pants. It's all you see is the feet in cop pants. And then Robert lunges out of the shadows. That's all you see. Back at the house, Jessica and Duke hear someone pulling up to the house in, in, uh, in the car. And Duke tells her that Jason could be in anyone by now. You can't trust anyone. Um, and <laughs> out of nowhere, Duke falls through a goddamn trap, trap door. door. The floorboards don't break. It break. It's a trap door. A trap door opens, and Duke falls through the trap door. This is like if you were in your own house and you have a trap door in your living room, like over a crocodile pit or something. <laughs> like, what is going on with this house? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> So he falls through, and he gets his leg gets impaled on like a, like a pipe or something when he Another falls. Another piece of rebar. Rebar. Okay. Yeah. Um. So Duke. Duke's yeah, he's, in the holding, oh, he's actually still holding on at this point, and he's trying to help her up. Jessica's trying to help him up when Ed, the sheriff, enters the room, and Ed's the guy who got palm strike yeah. the palm. So we thought tonight. Ed was dead. We thought Ed was dead. Um. So uh, as soon as the sheriff comes in, Duke falls, gets impaled to the leg, uh, and Duke's going up. You gotta kill him. You gotta kill him. He could be Jason. So, Duke, just at this point, Duke is just like, kill everybody I see. Yeah. <laughs> Don't kill me. Kill everyone else. You'll be fine. He wants to like, go, like, global, like, just annihilate this just, whole just town, apparently. Just kill, kill everyone. Kill everyone. <laughs> We'll eventually get to Jason. <laughs> You'll be fine. Sooner or later, we'll get it right. Yeah. Uh, so, she hesitates, giving the sheriff enough time to get close enough to grab the arm holding the dagger. Uh, and now the deputy... From earlier shows up, the same one that got locked in the cell and, and did, fought with cell, um, Steven. And he's like, Ed, get away from her. And Ed lets her go. Duke yells at her to kill them both. Again, yeah. like, kill them both. And uh, Ed asks Jessica to give him the dagger while the deputy's like circling around with the gun pointed at him. And the deputy Ed. says, Ed, get away from her. Back off. Yeah. The, the deputy says that. The deputy's yeah. very clear and... So, Ed, get away from her. Get back. Yeah, and so for some reason, Ed, like, lunges forward, and he gets stabbed in the chest by the, I'm not even going to say dagger, the sword. sword. Um, but she doesn't, like, she doesn't kill him. Like, she's just holding it, and he, he, he basically runs basically into it. basically runs himself He basically into kills it. himself. And he, fa- they, he, he falls on top of her, falls and on she top loses of her. the sword. It slides across a slip-and-slide fucking floor all the way across the room underneath the dresser. Yeah, underneath some kind of old Somehow it furniture. slides across the floor underneath the dresser. So he's... Pin, she, he, his Ed's, body Ed is, is pinning, dead. Yeah. Ed's dead. Ed's dead, but he's pinning her to the floor. 
The deputy goes for the baby. And we find that, oh my god, Jason is the deputy. He picks up the baby. And Jason, apparently before, is now able to speak. He hasn't spoken yeah. as one of his possessed Holy bodies shit, you're totally ever. Right. He speaks at this He's point. never said shit. He's never said a goddamn thing. Hold and for I, some I, I reason. I missed that. And I for, totally yes, missed that. For some reason, oh. he says, Ed, get away from her. And he says that. Why didn't he say that as Robert? And say, hey, baby, let's get it on. <laughs> and then do the worm thing, and you're done. <laughs> do the worm. You're done. <laughs> Worm. Why didn't he do that in the first that's, place? Oh, that's so good. That's that such a good point. That doesn't make any sense. So, anyway, um, he places the baby back on the table that the deputy was strapped to. And we didn't mention this earlier because it's not as visible in that first scene. But now, for some this table has metal, like, gynecological stirrups attached yes, to it. Yes, yes, So, again, I'm just like, why? What happened in what this house? What is going on? What Jason's is going on here? Jason's a freak. He likes to light romantic fires and shave naked middle-aged men. Uh, he likes to have, I, I, I guess, uh, give, gyne- he give he, gynecological exams, exams on the side. Who knows I, who? Again, yeah, this reminds me of, like, again, it's, it's the same stuff. thing that reminds me of Halloween 8, where they're like, oh, let's, you know, we need to... Uh, uh, decorate up the, uh, the the Myers house with all these fake things to make it look creepier than let's it is. Let's make it creepy. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what, let's throw some gynecological stirrups on the table. Why not? From like, the 50s. Yeah. I don't know. So, <laughs> Jessica, <laughs> Jessica manages to wiggle out from under the dead sheriff in time to uh, disrupt a deputy from spitting out the mouth, the demon worm, onto the baby. And Steven uh, heroically runs in just like he always does. Cuts the head, nearly cuts the head of the deputy off of the machete. And we've got that kill. I mean, he nearly because takes this guy's head this off. This is now, pretty good. Before we... Oh, okay. wait, go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. I just want to say, in case you thought things could not get more retardedly bonkers, what's going to happen... All right, just, you know what, show so, it. So he already, it. he already cut the head. Oh, let me see if I got it. Go back a little bit further. Here we go. Yeah, All right. Cut his head thing. off. Falls on the floor. He's gurgling. And out comes ramen noodles and demon worm. What? It's it's basically a little Jason covered in ramen noodles. I don't know how and, else you describe it. And, so, so, okay, pause it there. Yeah, pause it, it there. <laughs> so, like I said, things get just through the roof bonkers at this point. I mean, hold on to your butts at this point. Strap in because the way this movie ends, it is a wild ride. So, baby demon, it looks like a baby demon with no legs, squirms out of the neck of the deputy. It launches itself through the air at Steven, who catches it midair, tosses it into the closet, where it falls through the hole and lands next to Diana's corpse. Also next to Diana's corpse, for some reason, is a large crate that reads Arctic Expedition, property of Julia Carpenter. And again, I'm just bamboozled by what is in this house. <laughs> have you, did you not research that? I, I have a little bit. All yeah, right, I do. Go on. Let's, um, just, let's go with the movie. So Duke finally manages to climb up out of the hole he was in. And as we see the demon worm skittering between Diana's legs and enters her body through the vagina. Via vaginal canal. Yeah. So it, it goes inside of her. Uh, and I'm just like, holy shit, this movie is... It, it blows your mind. So this is where Stephen asks Duke, does Jason need a live Voorhees to be reborn? Yeah. No, he doesn't. Uh-oh. Yeah, because they all start hearing so they're all upstairs and they start hearing sounds coming from the basement. And 
Now Jason comes crashing through the floorboards behind him. And I'm like, good lord, he's got a serious vertical leap then. If he comes crashing <laughs> through the basement straight up and lands on the floor. <laughs> he should be playing some NBA. Yeah. yeah. And he's full yeah. in full Jason. He's in like you full said. Jason glory. Which, by the way, I think Jason looks really weird in this movie. It's not my favorite look for Jason. Yeah. Not at all. But anyway, it's besides the point. He's um, kind of bubbly. Yeah, he's yeah. very bubbly and the mask is all like shrunken down. and right. it's It looks weird. Um, so Jessica and Steven try to get the dagger out from under the dresser or whatever it's under and Jason's about to grab Jessica when Duke handcuffs himself to Jason and then handcuffs his other hand to, like, who knows why. And he point. says, remember me? Yeah. Which, why? Yeah, why would he remember him? He says, hey, you son of a bitch, remember me. And I, exactly, that makes no sense because up until this point, they've never even been in the same scene together. Yeah, ever. But, guess what, motherfucker? So <laughs> I've been watching you. I don't know if you've been watching yeah. me. Uh, so Jason basically just yanks Duke towards him, ripping his hand out of the other handcuffs, and Ugh. basically just bear hugs him to death. Yeah. He's like, give him a big old bear hug. Gives him a big old squeeze. Oh, you're my biggest you're fan. My, yeah. I like you. And he's dead. And he's dead. But he does get his dying words out telling Jason that he will die tonight. Jason's going to die tonight. Jessica, at this point, knocks the dagger through another hole in the floor. Everything's falling through the holes in the into floor. Into the basement. <laughs> Steven tackles Jason through the window and then tries to kill him with a rake. So they're fighting in the yard. They're fighting in the front yard. Jason, for some reason... This turns into, like, a, like what I imagine you'd see, like, a white trash yard. Like, it's like two people, two drunken people fighting in yeah, the yard. Yeah, they're using, like, gardening tools, yeah. fighting each other. And this is uh, this kind of pissed me off because Jason has killed people with his bare hands many, Countless many, times. many times Countless before, times. all throughout the movies. But he's he'll pick him up. Stevens on his last leg and just toss well, him. Yeah, yeah. And then he'll pick him up again and toss him. So, and pick him up, punch him, and toss him. Yeah. He's not breaking him in half or doing a bear hug or twisting his head around, which we've seen in other Jason movies. I'm spitting everywhere. But it's, he's, I don't know, I mean, is he off his game because he's back in his old body? What's going on? He's got ring rust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just, he's like um, old boxers, like a boxer yeah. got back from an injury. He's got ring rust. So yeah. Jessica, yeah, Steven's getting tossed around like a rag down in the front yard while Jessica's down in the basement trying to get the dagger. Steven t- tries one more time to fight off Jason, this time using a shovel, which Jason just grabs yeah, and then just, smacks like, Steven in the head with it. Like we said, they just, they no, just but, can't do it. Yeah, and then he tosses the shovel aside. Jason picks up Steven, throws him into a jungle gym, which happens to be in the front yard as well. And so is this old American flag, by the way. So at least the Voorhees are patriotic. patriotic yeah. They are patriotic. Uh, Steven climbs. <laughs> I don't know why he thinks this is going to help, but he climbs to the top of the jungle gym like he's going to get away from Jason. But Jason's like, fuck that. He just picks it up like one hand and tips the whole jungle gym over and knocking Steven off. And like basically paint him inside the jungle gym. Uh, he, he then just drags Steven out from underneath it, picks him up, tosses him around again. And from out of nowhere comes Jessica, leaps onto Jason's back, stabs him, the sword, into his chest. Jason knocks her off. We gotta show his closing. I, I got this. So as here's... glowing balls of energy fly out from his body and shoot up into the sky. Which... Jason turns into a walking Roman candle. Yeah, that's exactly what I have on yeah. my ship. Yeah. And the sky now has become cloudy. There's thunderstorms and, and cloud lightning coming. And yeah, at this point, he, he looks like, there it is, Roman yeah. candle Jason. Shoot him out. Uh, Steven gets up and does a 
jumping crane kick from like Karate Kid to uh. Jason's face. And then starts punching Jason repeatedly. And each time he punches Jason, Jason's face like explodes like in like sparks of like energy. <laughs> like white, like orange or like, yeah, energy lights burst from his face with every punch. And then Jessica Jess comes along, Jessica karate kicks the knife complete, deeper into his chest, yeah. which causes a big opening of. of yeah, it, the, the, and this giant energy ball shoots out Jason's chest at that point, flies up into the thunderclouds where a bright blue light has formed, which now shoots down a blue energy ball or rays or whatever. This is, this is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, no, it is. He's punching insane. Sparks flying. The craziest ending to a movie I've ever seen. Bright. And this erupts. And now suddenly blue lights come back down from the heavens. And these blue balls, <laughs> blue balls, fly into Jason's, Jason's body. Jason's got the worst case of blue balls it's ever. Really bad. And body as hands begin to burst through the ground. They grab Jason and even start driving. They eventually grab Steven. And these things look like the thing. They do. They look like the thing. It hand. looks like the fucking thing from Fantastic, from Fantastic Four, Four yeah. is coming from hell to get Steven and Jason. And I'm just going to go back just really quick. Ten seconds. And just show the look on that girl's face when she's seeing Steven being grabbed by the things. <laughs> well, there, hell, yeah, definitely thing right there. She looks like okay. Steven got grabbed. He's being drugged to hell, and this is, this is the father of children. And she's like, eh, <laughs> eh. <laughs> I don't know. He well, doesn't pay. He doesn't pay good child they support. They are exes, and she didn't want to he's, see him. He's not very. He's not inspirational to my art. So I don't know. You know, maybe I should just let him be drugged to yeah. hell by the thing and Jason. Eventually, she does rush over to save him as Jason pops up from underneath the dirt, grabbing at Steven, making more grunting noises again. More and more hands pop up as Jason, and they pull Jason down into the ground while this massive blue light beam shines down on him from the heavens. Jessica pulls Steven to safety as Jason's head is seen sinking into the ground. The blue light narrows to like this thin little beam and then dissipates in a really pretty little special effect. And it looks like something like, it almost looks like, the, like something you see in like a Star Trek movie, like the, the teleport when they, they right. distort the beams away or something. Um, we fade to Steven with his arm around Jessica's shoulders as the two of them walk away into the sunrise. And when, Is it over? Fuck no, it ain't over. Let's just watch this for just a moment as they're walking away into the sunset together. Yeah, think it's over. Where's the baby? Oh, that's a good point. Where is the baby? Where's the baby? Where is the baby? They just <laughs> fuck it. I totally just, didn't even think about that. They let's just leave that unless baby. Unless Steven's holding it. Uh, but we I cut to the wind, so. blowing dirt off of Jason's mask, which has somehow managed to stay topside. Even though he was wearing it when he got sucked into the earth. Yeah, a it, dog comes out of the bushes, sniffs the mask. At this point, I thought the dog was going to pee on the I mask. I thought for sure thought the dog that was going to piss on the mask. And this is also Tango the Wonder Dog. Yeah. And the camera zooms in on the mask. And I'm going to a little ahead of the movie, the, the image the here, just for, just for yeah. the listeners so at let's home. Just, let's just let this play out and we'll recap it. It's a pretty wonderful scene. Camera zooms in on the mask here. And what is that? It's Freddy's fucking arm. Freddy Krueger rips up through the earth, pulls Jason's mask into the ground, and Freddy's laughing in the background. 
What? And that's the end. Roll the motherfucking credits. That's the movie. That's that's Holy it. shit, what a ride that is. So, <laughs> with that said, this fresh in our head, movie's over. Now we go in to start wrapping things up. We go into our uh, segments here. For those of you who are new to the show, we go into our first segment, which is uh, our favorite kills of the movie. There can be only one favorite kill. So, Aaron, what is your favorite kill of Jason Goes to Hell? I guess my favorite actual kill, uh, my favorite death might be the deputy because he melts the into melted like a the weird... That's, that's pretty cool. But I think my favorite kill... Um, I don't know. There was a lot. There was like 20 kills yeah, this movie. Yeah, it's like a 20 body count movie. Like, yeah, there's a, a there's a lot of kills. Um... Man, I might have to defer. Uh, really? Tell me yours. My favorite kill, uh, again, Melting Goo is fine, but my favorite kill is um, Jess- uh, Vicky was a number two for me because I just like Jessica. She goes out like a champ, and she goes out fighting. But my favorite kill has got to be the Deborah, the, the hitchhiking ba- uh, sex girl who just gets mm-hmm. impaled and ri- her turtles are rips in half because it's a great-looking effect. That's my favorite kill of this movie. Yeah. So, um, I, I kind of liked. I guess my favorite kill was probably the little uh, the little diner owner who gets his head stuck in a fryer. And the really? reason I think about that, We've seen that's that so got to be one of the worst ways to go. We saw that like five times in Poultry Guys. <laughs> it's it's just awful. All right, just having your head shoved into a deep fryer. All right, that's got to be horrible. All right, um, now since we are live, we are live. Uh, we do have a few, some audience here. We are actually for those of you who have actually seen the movie or what you've witnessed here. If you would like to come up to this wonderful microphone right here and tell us what your favorite kill is and why, uh, and and why, uh, you will get this lovely little token for a free drink on us. So anybody wants to come up, now is their time to do it or forever hold your peace. So this is a free drink offer, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be. I think there's just nobody's coming up. I don't think it's anybody. They don't like up. us. No. We like us. All right, so we'll move on. <laughs> oh, we got we got something coming up. Oh, we okay. got. Oh, now now people are fine for it. Yeah. All right, all right. So we have one. We got one. We got. We got all right. Hello, Sarah. Hold on a second, Sarah. Give me one second here. I, I right. apologize. This is my. Can you guys hear me over here? Yes. Yeah. Now we're getting All right. Like, awesome. Now we're going. Uh, so my name's Sarah, and I think that my favorite kill. I have to piggyback a little bit on uh, what Marshall said. <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of always agree with Marshall. Oh. Uh, except for Alice in Wonderland, I don't agree with that. But <sighs> nobody does. Um, nobody yeah, does. I have to say that was probably one of the best kills, just because when she was impaled. The fact that he ripped it all the way up, but I kind of like that it was a combination of a couple of kills. You know, the two chicks died all kind of within the same camping scene. Yeah. So I kind of like the whole scene of kills the whole, there. The whole camp scene. It was very much to hearken back. It was a it collective was the, kill. Yeah, it was the only thing in are, this Are you movie. a Bernie Sanders supporter? Oh, boy. We're are not, we are not, perhaps? no, we are not going political <laughs> on this show. We are not going political. Either way. Anyway. Either way, I found it really, really great the way that he impaled her. Like you guys said, you know, during the sex scene, 
too bad for him. Yeah. Too bad for yeah. him, too really. For him. I mean, he got it, and now he's never going to get it again. So Never going to get it. Just like in Vogue. Never, <laughs> never going to get it. Never, never going to get it. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, All right. Here's your token. Drink, drink we're gonna, tip for you. We're going to toss it to you. Hit Chris in the nuts with it. Whatever. Anybody else? Anybody else? One more. We had somebody. Yeah. We had somebody. All right. All right. Here we go. We got another gentleman. All right. What is your name, sir? I'm Norma Lloyd. All right. All right. Nice to meet you. Thanks My favorite coming. kill was the two cops in the police station when he banged their heads together. <laughs> the noggin knocker. Because if you looked, they just cut to it right before he hit their heads together. They already had all the blood and gore on their heads before they hit. Yes, they oh. did. They did. That was they my did. favorite kill. They were basically right. smushed together yeah, and then sir. rammed across. Yeah. I, I missed that part. That's a good good, good, exa- good is the observation. Very, very well done. All right. So if that's going to be it, we'll move on to um, our odds and ends. Not only did they watch these films, they researched them too. Ugh, what is wrong with these guys? Which, uh, we always start off with, uh, uh, the, the ratings, rating system. So for IMDb, IMDb gives it a 4.3 out of 10. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 24% on the thermometer meter with a 25% audience score, so neck and neck on that one. And Amazon being Amazon, 3.3. Yeah. Um, plot keywords. There were 108 plot keywords for this movie. Um, the ones I wrote down, just because you know, I, I write these down before I watch the movie. Um, you have sex, sadism, bloodbath, condom, and then <laughs> surgical, rubber, medical, and latex gloves were all plot keywords. Surgical, medical, and rubber. Medical and latex gloves. Yeah. Huh. All of those were individual plot keywords. Uh, but demon worm was not a yeah. plot keyword. My, what? <laughs> I think my plot keywords would be like Jack Baby, uh, <laughs> Reverse Benjamin Button, Broken Fingers, maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, sadistic. Uh, uh, Black Cowboy would def- definitely be on yeah, there. Yeah, Black Cowboy should. Black be. Cowboy would be on there because I'm sorry, you just don't see a lot of Black Cowboys. No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> um, except for Bill Pickett. Bill. If anybody knows Black Cowboys, look up Bill Pickett. All right. All right. Uh, moving on to trivia for this movie. And there, oh, my God, there was a plethora, a treasure trove of trivia tons, for this movie. Tons of trivia. Um, first of all, it was nominated for the Fangoria, Fangora Magazine yeah. Chainsaw Awards for Best Actress Carrie Keegan, who plays Jessica, right. and Best Supporting Actress Stephen Williams, who's Duke. Yeah. Um, now, this one, I, I want to track this down because this is awesome. There was a comic book that bridged the gap between Friday 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, and this film. It followed Jason after he was dipped in the toxic waste in New York City and his killing spree all the way back to Camp Crystal Lake. And it also explains why the FBI has a task force specifically assigned to get Jason and all that. That should have been a movie. That sounds like a good movie. That is, needs yeah. to be seen. Because I thought that it's like, what is happening when this thing opens? It's like, right. why, there's no sense. Didn't make any sense. Um, we've already covered how the Necronomicon is uh, was covered in this movie. Um, it was uh, he was it was borrowed from uh, uh, Tom Sullivan, who started the Evil Dead movies. Um, Tom then said that he would not ever never again loan out props without granting permission because he wasn't really <laughs> allowed. Um, the heart was reused. Jason's heart yeah, was reused. Yeah, Jason's heart was reused. So in, Jason's uh, heart from this movie was reused in another one. Dust Till Dawn, 1996, as Monkey Man's heart. Uh, the Jungle Gym, that, at the end. The that, Jungle Gym in the movie, the one where Jason flipped over Steven. 
That is was originally used in uh, Albert Hitchcock's original The Birds. The Birds. The, the Jungle Gym is from The Birds. So we're talking, what, the 60s? The mid-60s? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a good um, the original title of the movie was Friday the 13th, Part 9, The Dark Heart of Jason Voorhees. <laughs> um, now, this, holy shit, this, this, I don't know if you've heard this one, but the earliest concept for this movie was Jason Goes to L.A., in which yeah. two rival gangs would be fighting when Jason would show up and start murdering them, which would force the gangs to band together to defeat Jason. Come on, what? Crips. Come on, Bloods. <laughs> let's stop killing each other. Jason's let's, in town. Let's kill this guy. <laughs> that sounds fucking horrible. So it does. <laughs> um, there was supposed to be a high-tech video game based on this movie. The game was actually created but never released. Um, the crate in the basement of the Voorhees house, which I mentioned, was a prop from the story The Crate from the 1982 film Creepshow. Right. So another – that's like three props now they borrow from other movies in this uh, – Which had Paul Giamatti. Oh, there you go. Paul Giamatti was in there. Love Paul Giamatti. Um, Jason's heart was actually made of gelatin and filled with fruit cocktail from the craft service tables and mixed with black dye. But the actor Richard Gant was still so disgusted he reportedly nearly threw up several (laughs) times during the take eating that heart. Well, he sold it. Yeah. Now, we commented specific on this. In the the section where Duke says, hey, son of a bitch, remember me? And we're like, no, why should you remember him? Right. Apparently, if you listen to the audio commentary on the DVD – um, it's revealed that the script at one point had a scene where Duke, uh, Jason killed Duke's girlfriend, and Duke, I guess, witnessed it or something. But it was totally cut out, which makes no sense. It's why he says, remember me. So at that point, they should have said, change the line. Yeah, said, yeah. change hey, the fucker. line. Yeah, it's like, how long that been? You know? Hey, asshole. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> um, something, I don't know. I'm going to skip this one. I'm not clever enough to think of it on my phone, guys. <laughs> I don't know. Um, like, now, this one, I, I kind of wish Ray, our, uh, we had a guest on Ray was here to verify this, but this one's kind of interesting. This talks about timeline of the movie. So, the end of the film, obviously, when Freddy Krueger's glove pops up, um, you have to, in order for that to be consistent, one has to accept that Freddy was already in hell following his defeat in Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare in 1991, but that movie was released in 91, but set in the future. Interesting time clues emerge, namely that Freddy's Dead took place according to the beginning crawl 10 years from now. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, came out in 1991. However, the Nightmare on Elm Street companion website opted to interpret 10 years from today as 10 years from 1989, the events of the prior film to The Friday Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. In any event, if Jason Goes to Hell follows the events of Freddy's Dead, then it must take place in either 1999 or 2001 for that to make sense, for those storylines to... Uh, I've had Cross. a couple of drinks. He kind of lost me there, brother. Right. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this, rewind. Check that out again. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is the first Friday the 13th film to have another Voorhees in it, other than the very first one. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, this it's got three Voorhees. Yeah. It was the first film in a series handled by New Line Cinema after yeah. it moved from Paramount. And we mentioned this. It is the closest, the strongest clues as to the actual location of Camp Crystal Lake. So where is Camp Crystal Lake? At the start of the movie, when Steven is uh, driving his sweet twice, car. And when you first see it, when the, the, the girl FBI agent at the very beginning is driving Who's the car. He's wearing a New York Mets hat. Yeah, but it, there's a sign that says Crystal Lake is approximately 29 miles from Fairfield and 39 miles from Westport. And Fairfield and Westport are both located in Connecticut. Huh. But previous films, a lot of are indications that most people assume that Camp Crystal Lake was in New Jersey. That's what I thought. 
So, and according to this one, it would be in Connecticut. Okay. Um, Toby Hopper uh, was originally considered to direct this movie. Who I don't know he's, who that is. he's sorry, I don't know who it is. Toby Hopper <laughs> is the director of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Um, he, but John <laughs> Mc, uh, McTiernan was offered the chance to direct the movie, but he turned it down so he could go work on Last Action Hero. Ah. That stink fest of a movie. Oh, uh, we got two of them then. Uh, this was only the. Friday the 13th movie to release in the 90s. And according to Rusty Schrimmer, who is the woman who plays Joey B that you like so much, she says, according to her, the dialogue between her and her and Shelby, her husband, or Pookie, was mostly improvised on set, that they just let the camera roll and let us go, according to her. It's good. I liked her. She was my favorite. Um, the patches on the sheriff's shoulders for Cunningham County is an homage to Sean S. Cunningham, the producer of this movie and the original Friday the 13th. Now, this would have been interesting. Would you like this movie better if Tony Todd auditioned for Creighton Duke but lost out to Stephen Williams? Would you like to have seen Candyman play Duke? Yes. I would have loved loved to see that. I would have loved to have seen Candyman playing Duke. Although Duke was awesome. I like Duke. Duke was good. Duke did a good job. But, man, Candyman and Jason, come on. Um, The original film had a flashback sequence with Betsy Palmer. Uh, The mother is supposed to come back, but she rejected to do the part. Uh, again, I don't know if this is true, but Stephen Williams would only play the bounty hunter dude if he could dress as a cowboy. So that was the <laughs> actor's choice. <laughs> that was the actor's choice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. The most expensive shot in the movie was the dagger transformation scene, the CGI. The, could believe it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when the film was released, the Wall Street Journal called it a return to morality in cinema because the scene where Luke and Deborah are murdered after having sex for deciding not to use a condom. Ah. So they said, oh, you don't have sex with a condom, you get killed. So it's more morals. And the last thing, which is, this is kind of fucked up if it's true. The director wanted uh, Jessica, the actress, to be completely naked in that shower scene, but she, Carrie Keegan, refused to do it, be nude. Um, So to get back her, because there was this big back and forth they were arguing about it, he had the water in the shower like blasting like super hot. So when she's crying in the shower, she's crying real tears because she's like being burnt. Jesus. She actually walked off the set and quit the movie at that point. And they had to, according to this, fire Marcus and they brought in um, uh, Sean Cunningham to finish directing the last couple of days in order to get her to come back to do it. So that's insane if that's true. Um, so that's it for trivia. But now. That's a lot of trivia. It was a lot. <laughs> now. We get to the favorite part, another interactive part of the game or show, where we get to play Guess the Budget. It's now time to play everyone's favorite game, Guess the Budget. So, as always, or not all the way, but most of the time, we try to guess the budget of the movie here. I know the answer. Aaron does not. Uh, and we just try to see how close he can get without going over um, or not even going over, just how close you can get. So All right. What well, is your guess for the budget, Aaron? It's 1993. It's supposed to be one of the last Jason movies. Uh, if the biggest budget effect was the, the knife turning into a sword, yeah. I'm going to say $6 million. $6 million. $6 million. Would anybody else in the audience like to take a guess at what the budget for this movie was? No idea? Closest person. We have a three? We have, we have a, three. a three. We, we have, have a three. three. Um... We have a three from the budget. Uh, the surprise. Anyone else? No. Um, we have a nine million. 
So we have a nine. I said eight. We got a three, and we got a nine. Uh, so with that said, the winner of the budget game is our audience member. All the right. budget of this movie was two million five hundred thousand dollars. All right. Oh, well, hey. So clap for her. Aaron blows, Aaron blows the wad again. Eight million dollars. Uh, we're gonna hand this back to her. She gets a, f- a free drink token. But now, Aaron, you can make up for it by because we also have the gross. Got another train going. We have another train. God love the trains. <laughs> um, how much movie money do you think this movie made in the box office? Horror movies always do very well. They always make a lot of money. Most of the time. Uh, the budget was two. Typically, they make about three to four times. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with eight. I'm gonna go with eight again. Eight million. I'm go with eight again. Million. We have an eleven million from the audience. Anybody else? Four million. We have. Eight. I, I heard 20. Who's that 20? I heard 20 we back 20. there. All right. Uh, the winner, again, would be audience member with the gross of $15,935,068 this movie made. So right. we. Uh, so there we go. That is. So, so this. this so if you go over, though, did you win or if you were under? It's the closest. Is it, is it prices right I, rules? It is. I go whoever gets the closest. So then the $20 million was the closest. Yeah, that's what I said. So yes. this this gentleman has won two drinks tonight. Yeah, two drinks. All right. That's what I said. $20 million. You guys drive me home. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you an Uber. We'll get you an Uber. Uh, so that brings us now to, as you first rant and rave about this movie and how awful it is. But you know what? Some people have a different opinion. That brings us to five-star reviews. These special movies have a place in these special people's hearts. Five-star reviews. This movie has 11 pages of five-star reviews on Amazon. Oh 11 pages. I wrote down a few of them because they blow my mind. First one from FM Wallix, who, for those of you who listen to the episode, might recognize that name before. Like, hmm, I've heard that before. That's because he also dropped a five-star review for The Ginger Dead Man. So that just goes to show the quality this guy has in movies. So anyway, first off, let me go ahead and piss everyone off. This is a classic. Just think about it. It is the first Friday film that doesn't play out the entire Naked Girls in the Woods theme. I know Jason of old was only in the film twice, but it made. But that's what made it great. And oh yeah, the Book of the Dead from the Evil Dead was on the table, but it meant nothing. Listen to the commentary. Five stars. From Brett Michael Roberts. So it doesn't follow the original Brett story. Michaels? Brett Michael Roberts. Not Brett Michaels? <laughs> no, not Brett Michaels. Uh, so I wish. <laughs> so it doesn't... It would be much cooler if you were <laughs> Brett Michaels. Yeah. Um, it doesn't follow the original story. It's not very scary. <laughs> so there's some obvious mistakes. But who cares? Who cares? Anyway, for those of you who don't plan to watch this film because there's no teens or sex, never fear, there's both. Anyway, Jason Goes to Hell is a great film. And if you know you're not getting your typical Jason movie... You'll love it. Five stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am going to skip this one for time, but it's really good, but I'm going to skip it. Um, we're going to do a kid's review, which I love the kid's reviews. <laughs> I wish I had a jingle for the kid reviews. This is the only one in the F-13 saga with lots of action, and it has some cool guns with some 007-style Jason. Is barely in the movie, but who cares? Who, Five stars. They say that a lot. Who cares? <laughs> There's a shit ton of guns in this movie. There are. This is the first time I've ever seen so many guns in a Friday 13th movie. Last two. 
from Fairly Humbert, a true horror movie. Don't try to understand anything at all. Stop <laughs> thinking. Take a breath. Just relax. Get a thrill. An excellent movie worth watching and buying. That is, if you like horror movies, Ooh-hoo. five stars. Jesus. Now, this one is for you true horror fans and for you who listening at home. Who, this is a little lengthy, but it takes you down a rabbit hole so deep it will blow your mind. From Suzuko. First off, spoilers. It's listed. The whole inside joke about this film that Adam Marcus took an epic fail missing them in the mark is that this is the Evil Dead Friday the 13th. Evil Dead is a cold horror film that has a huge underground following. The Necronomicon being present in the film was the tip, as well as the dagger that looks like the Evil Dead dagger. It was an epic fail because the horror fans and average audience didn't have a flying cow clue what was happening in this movie. Well, no shit, nobody does. Evil Dead is a cult film, not to, not a mainstream film. As such, most people just didn't get it. If you watched Evil Dead before you watched this film, this film makes perfect and complete sense. Okay. Jason is a deadite, Kandarian uh, demon, human hybrid. <laughs> His mother clearly used the Necronomicon to bring Jason back, which is why the book is still in the house. This is why Jason never dies for good in any of the Friday the 13th media and why he has demonic powers. The Evil Dead is like the base game, Doom 3, whereas Jason Goes to Hell is like the expansion pack, Doom 3, Resurrection of Evil. Because of that fact, most people, even a lot of horror fans, didn't get what was happening. Jay just thought the Necronomicon appearance was nothing more than a cameo and failed to understand that it was a tip for horror fans for us to uncover the entire inside joke that is this movie, that Jason is a deadite human hybrid. This fact is almost spelled out word for word in the two Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash comic books, yet many fans still don't get this. Watching this film without watching The Evil Dead is like trying to play an expansion pack without the base game. It just doesn't work. Without The Evil Dead as the base for understanding, Jason Goes to Hell looks completely out of box. I love this film because Adam took a real chance and did something unique with it. I just feel bad that so many people did not like or get the angle that he was going for. The film of was part nine after all. I appreciate the creative spirit. He thought, blah, 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 tongue, try something new, tongue in cheek. I hope that someday fans will learn to respect what this movie really did instead of looking at it like it's not there at all. Five stars. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Fucking nerd. Yeah. So Jason's a deadite? Like, what is that guy smoking? Because I want some of that. Jesus. Jeez, yeah. So, holy shit. Let's start wrapping up. Final thoughts. So bad, good. So bad, scary. Aaron, what is your final thought on this movie? I'm actually going to go out and say so bad, it's good. Holy cow, really? I know. It's, it's, it's rare, but... Aaron gets some booze from the audience on that one. The reason I, I'm going to... We've seen Jason do the same thing over and over again. He went to Manhattan, whatever. But he's gone to Crystal Lake, killed people over and over and over and over and over again. At least it's a twist. It's it's an attempt. There's some good gore, some good kills. It's it's something you'd watch on the couch with your buddies drinking beers, laughing at. It's not it's it's not that bad that you don't have to watch it. Watch with some buds. It's it's so bad it's good. All right, for me, uh, I'm kind of the opposite. I, if this was a standalone movie that had nothing to do with Jason and just some kind of weird demon worm, okay, I can get behind it. 
but this is supposed to be a Jason movie. I don't care if it's been trying to give me what I want. Give me, give me my, give me my junk. Give me my, my Jason crack. You know, yeah. that's what I want. That's what I want to see. When people hear Friday the Thirteenth, that's what they expect. So to me, this movie is fucking awful because it makes zero sense at all. I don't care if you want to do something new, but good god, did they fuck it up? <laughs> so. As a standalone movie by itself, I would say maybe so bad it's good because it does have some awesome kills in it, yeah. some good gore effects. But as a Friday the 13th movie, Jason, so bad it's scary. It is fucking awful. So I'm saying scary on this one. All right. Uh, what, what, any, for those of you who've seen it, so bad it's good, so bad it's scary. For those of you who know what we're doing here, what do you say? Scary. Everybody's saying scary. A lot of scaries, yeah. Aaron, Sorry, I stand alone. Aaron, Aaron stands alone. Aaron stands alone. Okay. He is the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is going to do it for us. So thank you for everybody who thank does come you, out. Thank, thank you, you for so Sullivan's much. bar. Appreciate this it. was thank a blast. You. Thank you, Sullivan's. We will yeah, be back in a out. week. Check out Sullivan's and Belleville. Remember, for those you can watch, check us out on Facebook. Uh, check us. Our website is horriblehorrorpodcast.com. We are on Twitter at so bad it's scary. You can download and listen to the podcast at uh, horriblehorror.podbean.com. And for download for free, subscribe to us on iTunes as well. All 100% free. Check it out. Enjoy us. Follow us. We'll be back later. Till the meantime, take care, Moon Goons. Hugs and kisses.